Well, good to see everybody, guys. And uh, man, it is cool to uh, see all y'all here. Loving the, the the final service, the third service is funny. It um, we never can tell. Sometimes it's the biggest, sometimes it's the smallest. But it's one of those deals where, and we had uh, a strange thing like the eight forty five service. Sometimes the biggest, sometimes the smallest. But it is good to see you guys in here, man. I tell you what, we were talking about that this morning. We can't figure out. Uh, which, like, seriously, if you look at the numbers for the services over the last several months, it's all over the place, whichever one is the biggest. So it's kind of kind of neat, but it's good to see a good crowd in here today, man. Got some new faces too, which is cool. So if I got a chance to meet with you, uh, my name is Casey, one of the folks serving alongside you as pastor. And went, man, it's, uh, it's great. Happy Mother's Day to the moms for real. Right, right. <clears throat> We're talking... Like, like, and I want to uh, give a shout out to my mom. You know, we're recording this and everything, but I want to give a shout out to my mom. If you guys don't know, you know, one of the most generous people that you will ever meet. Uh, she gives gener- generously to our church each and every month and has for four years. So a lot of, uh, a lot of her uh, giving is, has been done for here to New, C- New City Church. And we've been able to do things because of my mom. So if you guys get a chance to, to meet with her, uh, just say, thank you, mama. So, but thank you, mama. Uh, thank your own mom too today if you get a chance to. And if, you know, for some of us, you know, our mom's passed and things like that. I know this is kind of a tough uh, day for you, but, uh, but, but just the memory of your mom, man. Be praying and those kind of things for, and thanking the Lord for, for bringing moms into our lives. Uh, you know, you're talking about generosity. You're talking about like, self, like uh, unselfish ways of serving other people. Changing somebody's diaper is like the ultimate for me, uh, like, like as far as being generous to someone and sharing my life with somebody, uh, you know, doing that for Morgan growing up and, and with, with my daughter and that kind of thing. It was just, oh, she'll kill me if she hears that, but that's all right. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, our moms like seriously exemplify what it means to have whole life life generosity. And this series that we're in right now called Minds, um, like it's, a, it's an idea that we do not have to learn this word. We do not have to be focused on things that, um, that are, are in essence mine. Yeah? And no one had to teach us that word mine did they like a lot of times like when i was a little kid and i'm playing with hot wheels or something like that some uh, snot nosed crumb snatcher wants to come and grab it i'm like ah oh, mine right no as I, in other words it was so funny the second service uh where it's a perfect example but man a pete's daughter uh came out and heard, we heard her go no right it just, it just comes out man it's like no that's mine and no like we're not naturally like functionally, if you will, our base is not, yay, I'm going to help somebody play with my toy, right? It's just not, it just doesn't make any sense. Half of the things we do down in Kid City is trying to help kids to learn to what? Share, exactly right. And so we, we tend to, to do that, that kind of thing. Like it's, it's, it's ingrained in us naturally to say no, to say mine rather than here and yes, right? Like it's, it, it's, it just comes naturally to do whatever comes best for us at that particular time. What we learned in this, this week's Exploring Discipleship is that Jesus said, if you're a follower of mine, if you're a disciple of mine, you must learn to deny yourself. Like it goes against everything that we 
comes naturally to us. It goes against our, our nature, what we're born with. But, but when we start looking out for the interests of others and considering others more important than ourselves and serving others with whole life generosity, man, all of a sudden, man, it becomes a whole different ball game. We can start stepping into the, the, the rhythms of Jesus as he has declared us to do. We will learn to share to give, and to serve. And that's what we have to do to be taught. You have to be taught this, and I have to be taught this because it doesn't come naturally. From the time I can speak, and if you ever notice, like very few people ever put on Facebook or social media or Twitter or Instagram or whatever the newest one is out today, very rarely will somebody say, oh, they said their first word, and it's no. It's like almost like hide that first word because the first word's always mama or daddy, right, or something like that. We never say, oh, they were so selfish, and they said mine, but that's kind of how it works. But that's a lot of times the first word that somebody gets to know is no or or mine. But here's what we're going to do as a church. Here's what we have declared, what God has laid on us, to, on us to be an extremely generous church, is that we will share our lives, share our lives, invest our resources in kingdom things, right? And we will learn to, sur- to serve our church. In other words, what we want to do in these three areas is to have whole life generosity. We will, we will share our lives. We will invest our resources in kingdom things that, that are eternal, and we will learn to share our lives with other people. I struggle in some different areas. I don't have, like, I'm not the epitome of anything like that, and if I was, I probably wouldn't tell you because I'm one of the most humble people that you'll ever meet. Um, Let's kind of slide that in a little bit. But, but for some of us, like we're struggling a little bit with different areas of our lives. We may be giving and tithing and all that kind of stuff and are generous with our money and we tip well and we do all those kinds of things financially, but we really struggle with serving the church. We haven't done that yet. Yeah, you ever notice that? Or we may struggle with different things. We may serve a whole lot of church and we may open our, our, our homes up and bring all kinds of people in and talk to them about Jesus. But to step into tithing or something like that, we may go, ah, oh, man, I, that's just, that's hard for me. That's it's weird for me. I don't understand that. And I've got a story about that too. I'll tell you here in just a second. But, but for some of us, like we're, we're, we're lacking in some areas. I, I tend to, to have whole life generosity in some of the, 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 the financial things, but when it comes to sharing my life with other people, I tend to not resist or anything like that, but it doesn't come as easy for, for me. Like, I love sitting on my back deck and not doing anything with anybody, right? Like, like it's, uh, but uh, we, I still have to learn in, in some of these things. And so what we're going to show, and I'll share with you here in just a second, of how effective it will be when we have, in all these areas of our lives, full, whole life generosity. Jesus was talking to, uh, to, his, to his guys, and he was teaching and all those kind of things. And in Mark 10, uh, there was a guy that came up to him, and he was a rich guy. Now, a few, few months ago, we talked about being rich, and we talked about the fact that just about everybody in here is wealthy. If you have uh, electricity and plumbing and all that, I'm not guilting you about that, but we just need to recognize it for what it is. We have some things in life that we call bare necessities that are luxuries in a lot of other countries. 
Amen. I mean, you know, we think about air conditioning and heat. People are like, wow, how'd you get that, right? We talk about the comparative income that we actually have. We are among the top, like, 0.2% of the world if you're, uh, in, in essence, uh, below the poverty line here in America. That's amazing. We've shown those graphs. We've shown all those kinds of things. And for us, man, because we're well-fed and because we're safe and because we have these luxuries in life, a lot of times people don't recognize the need for Jesus. But man, is he ever more necessary than ever. Like we are, like this is what ha- tends to happen when it comes to material items and those kinds of things. I'm not against uh, having a nice home. I'm not against having a nice car. I mean, I myself have a 2003 Corolla that gets zero to 60 in 4.5 miles. It's awesome, right? I enjoy that, but I don't want to give that up. But, but ultimately, you got to understand it's, a, it's an important thing for us to realize that those kinds of things, those trappings, those things that we are pursuing because we want to have a better life for ourselves when we need to be thinking about how can we make have a whole life generosity where it where we're propelling our lives full of Jesus and doing his thing when Jesus said we must learn to deny myself this is exactly what moms have done for centuries and really since the beginning of creation is that moms have lived whole life generosity so their kids don't die <laughs> right I mean essence we're feeding them even at two in the morning which is really inconvenient right we're changing dirty diapers, we're bathing them, we're doing all the kind of things, and that's what moms just tend to do. Thank you, moms, for making this as an example. And, and it, like, like, here's what happened with this guy in, in Mark 10 that comes up to Jesus. As he was setting, Jesus was setting out on a journey. A man ran up, knelt down before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked him. I, and I love Jesus for this because a lot of times he doesn't answer a question directly. He'll ask a more penetrating question to try to help people get to the heart of the matter. No one is good but one, God. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your mother and father. He kind of goes down the list of the Ten Commandments. And he said to him, teacher, I've kept all these from my youth. In other words, he goes, man, I'm good, right? I'm in then, baby, all right? So all I got to do is this, 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 and this, and I am in the mix of heaven. Awesome, very cool. But Jesus, then looking at him, Jesus, what did he say there? Jesus, what? Loved him. Man, and, and so many of us are trapped in this just like this guy, but Jesus loves you too. Amen? And he says, Jesus loved him and said, you lack one thing. And he loved him enough to tell him where he was off base. Do we love people that much to be able to help them through this kind of stuff? Or do we want to go, eh, to each his own, right? Talk about whole life generosity is that we're willing to lean into other people's lives as we're willing to accept that leaning in on our, on, from others to us. Like to, so that we can spur one another on and help one another learn what it means to, to, to walk with the Lord. You lack one thing. Go sell. And he's telling this guy that. A lot of te- people look at this and go, well, I'm supposed to sell everything and do this? He's telling this guy. He may not be telling you, but he might be. Right? I'm just saying. Be ready. You lack one thing. Go sell all you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. 
But he was what? Stunned at this demand. And he went away grieving because he had many possessions. Now, scholars, a lot of times, if you read commentary, they'll, think, they'll say things, and it preaches really well, too. That if you, oh, man, this guy went just straight into hell, riding in his Cadillac because that's what he cared more than Jesus. No, it doesn't say that. It says that he was grieving because he had many possessions, because he realized, I've got to give that up. I have to let that go in order for me to follow Jesus because he says, I've got, this is what I've got to do, then I get to follow him. This guy really wants to follow. I sense there's a possibility that we may see this guy in heaven, right? And talk to him and go, hey, you know, what, would it, what was it like to really give all that stuff up? Because you were you pretty wealthy, dude. And, and yet, yet it doesn't say that he went into hell and disobeyed Jesus. It said he grieved. Guys, when we step into the next level, if we haven't started and we want to do it for the first time, if, we want to, if we're the first time, we want to do it sometimes and often and whole life. And if we step into that next level, guess what's going to come? Pain is going to come. Anybody ever worked out in here? I had Cody Ketzner, our, our bodybuilding dude, in the first service in 845. Man, that dude is stacked, right? But I knew him when he was a youth, and he was a scrawny little dude, right? And you know what he started doing? He started working out. The first time he worked it out, dude couldn't walk hardly, right? But he kept on going and kept on going and kept on going. It's just like that when we step into generosity and it doesn't come naturally and we are comfortable in what we've been doing and all of a sudden we start stepping into the obedience of Jesus and being generous in every way just like he was and is and it creates a soreness and a pain and a discomfort, when I begin to share, when you begin to share, when you begin to invest, and when you begin to serve in kingdom things, you and I will feel discomfort. What I do next and what you do next is really important. If you don't know my story, part of my story is that, uh, that I didn't come to know. Well, I, came to, I, I was saved, I believe, for quite a while, but I started having all these doubts right around 1999, 2000. started having the doubts about whether or not Jesus was real and and one of the reasons why I decided to spend so much time investigating this whole thing about whether or not the Bible's real and Jesus is real and whether or not the resurrection happened or whether or not there's legitimate, supernatural, everything in the scriptures, like there's no possible way that it could have happened unless God happened. The only reason why I spent two years trying to investigate that, because I had been tithing, I had been serving, and I had been sharing my life with other people, and I took my faith seriously. So when I started having doubts, I didn't just walk away going, I ain't got no skin in the game anyway. What do I care? Right? When you actually do some of these things, you'll take your church, you'll take God, you'll take Jesus a whole lot more seriously. And you'll start taking those things and you'll start investing, investigating things in a way because you got skin in the game. Man, I'm giving my life to this stuff, and I want to make sure it's right. Or when things happen in the church, or when things happen in people's lives that they need Jesus, you'll take it a whole lot more seriously. When there's opportunities to, to go and mission to people, you'll take it a whole lot more seriously. When there's opportunities to serve the church, you're like, I do not want to have any part of this church lacking in anything. I don't want anybody scrambling for any position to fill because... Man, this is my church. This is our church. This is Jesus' church. You'll take it a lot more seriously. You see where I'm going with that, right? Man, it's an amazing thing. When we step into these different areas of our lives and start stretching ourselves and start 
working out ourselves. And when we do that and we got skin in the game, man, we'll start taking it a whole lot more seriously. Like attendance and coming in and serving and discipling and coming to city groups and, man, doing different things during the week with one another, coming in on Sunday morning, all those things. None of that stuff would even be an option for us because we got ownership and skin in the game. You look most like Jesus when you are most generous. And here's why I say this. I want you to do two things for me. Well, one thing for me, and I want you to do it twice. I want you to close your eyes. Everybody got them closed? We have some rebellious people in here. (laughs) But nobody else can see them if your eyes are closed. Um, I want you to think of the most stingy, cheap, non-generous, selfish person you know. Some of this might be painful for you. But think about if you've got their face and you've got them in your mind. Do that first. Then, now, think of the most generous person that you know. The one who is willing to give, even sacrificially to other people. The kind of person that is described a lot of times as, man, that person's willing to give the shirt off their back. The one who even to sometimes, even if they're hungry, they'll feed other people. I mean, that kind of person. And if you've got those two people in your mind, the first person and the second person, the stingy person and the generous person, the greedy person and the non-selfish person, the one who's whole life generous, whether they're Christian or not, I'm not even asking that thing, but I'm going to ask you, which of you think do you want to be like? Which one do you rather be like? Which one is happier? Which one is more smiling? Which one is more joyful which one is more like Jesus now open your eyes it's obvious isn't it which person that we're thinking about we'd want to be more like that seems to be happier that seems to have less stress that seems to be more like Jesus as he walked and this is where we've got to got to be thinking like if that's the case then where in my life do I need to be more like Jesus in my generosity in my whole life sharing of my life in my tithes and offerings and giving and investing and those kinds of things in the kingdom and then serving the church that is amazing do you realize in the second service we had our I think our 103rd baptism as a church since we've been here for three years that's ridiculous that's ridiculous (laughs) guys here Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you've been sharing your life, if you've been in, like serving in this church, and you've been investing and tithing and offering in this king, in this in this church and as part of the kingdom, then you got stake in every one of those hundred and three. Thank you for that, right? Amen. Now you think about that. Like we we have an opportunity, guys. What has been presented before us to do some incredible things in our community. I want to share a few things this Friday night, as a matter of fact, uh, coming up. We're going to do some, uh, the citywide cleanup is next Saturday, and we're going to have people that can go from place to place to place to assist different, uh, different folks that maybe we did this last year uh, as well, but maybe some seniors, maybe so, those who are 
hobbled in some way, can't get some stuff out to the curb, we're going to go help them. Uh, we're going to meet here at 545 on Friday night and go help them from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. We're going to pray out and, and go. If you're interested in doing that, put that on your bulletin or your uh, connect card and put that in your, uh, the bucket. Uh, put your name on it too because we got one downstairs I think today that didn't have their name on it we're like love to get hold of you but right <laughs> second thing it's June 2nd which is Saturday night summer kickoff party we've been asked by the city to do something there like a booth of some kind if you're interested in volunteering for that that's going to be a three hour cool thing uh, downtown it's from six o'clock to nine o'clock June 15th and 16th the event of all events frontier days right we have had, let me tell you something about Frontier Days and things like the events that we've had. Do you realize that we have had people get connected with the church as a result, get connected with Jesus and saved and discipled because of silly things we do like games with ducks and water and all this kind of stuff. Man, I'm telling you, like it's not about doing stuff so the city can look at us and go, sure do love you as a church. Man, we're glad you're here. But we want people to know God and know him and be saved and be discipled. Amen? And this is why we're out doing goofy stuff like this. Amen? July 3rd also, guys, we're going to sponsor for the uh, fireworks display at Martin Creek Park. We're going to sponsor the ice cream. We're going to have T-shirts. We're going to have T-shirts for Frontier Days too. We're going to do all kinds of stuff like that. This is important for us to be in the community, witnessing to people, serving people, loving people, introducing them ultimately to Jesus. My question is, how much do you want to look like Jesus? How much? How much do you really want to? Because it is completely possible for you to really look like Jesus. And, but what it takes is for us to deny ourselves. It takes me to deny myself. And don't think I got this all down. It will be a lifelong pursuit for everybody to have everything in whole life generosity. But ultimately, it is possible for us to look like Jesus. In the first century, part of the Hebrew culture, of the, of the rabbinical culture, if you will, is that when you followed a rabbi, that you wanted to do everything you can to be exactly like that, that rabbi, right? Check this out. John 10, starting in verse 1, he says, and he says something kind of confusing, and he clarifies. One thing I love about Scripture is that a lot of times Scripture clarifies itself. We don't have to, have to really try to interpret anything. But he says to his disciples, he goes, I assure you, Anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the door but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The doorkeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Keep in mind, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me, right? And, and man, I, I just had a buddy of mine who lost a friend real suddenly, and he had tried to talk to him about Jesus. And he said, man, I failed. I'm like, dude, you did not fail. You obeyed. And you shared your life. You shared your testimony. If he rejected it, that's not your fault. Jesus says, my sheep know me and they follow me. They know me by name. And he's saying the same thing here. His, he, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he, was brought all, when he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. 
They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't recognize the voice of strangers. Jesus gave them this this illustration, but they did not understand what he was telling them. And some of us are like, man, I can relate. I don't know what he's saying here, but check this out. So Jesus said again, I assure you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and I will, and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes in only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. Some scriptures talk about, I have come so that they may have life and life to the full. Jesus wants to look at this stuff like jesus wants us to fill us up to the to where it's like over like overflowing is what it talks about and making even a mess a little bit right but check this out listen to this i have come to that they have may have life and life in abundance i am the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep the hired man and the hired man are the people that we hire to try to satisfy us folks like hey this is what you ought to wear hey this is what you ought to drink hey this is what you ought to smoke hey this is what you ought to buy hey this is where you ought to go that will make you happy that will give you fulfillment the hired man the one that we listen to a lot of times in our culture, the one that if we get sick, they don't care. The one that if we lose our job, they don't care. And those are the ones we're trying to listen to and be satisfied by. By clothes that will be out of style in six months, right? That's what we do. We're crazy sometimes. I'm struggling with it too, guys. It's a natural thing. It's that battle that we have. Don't get me wrong. I'm not... I'm not completely free of a lot of this stuff but i'm working on it man because i'm recognizing that i'm not going to be here in a hundred years and neither are any of you physically be here what then those people that said this is what you ought to buy this is what's going to make you happy this is what you ought to drive this is where you ought to go this is what you ought to wear have nothing to do with me and don't care if i'm dead or alive but jesus who loves the snot out of me and loves the snot out of you, who cares if you have a sniffle, knows the number of hairs on your head, some less, some more, right? But loves you that much, man. He cares about everything. And yet we will defer to our flesh too often and say, I'm going to listen to them, not you, Lord. It's got to break his heart after what he's given. But it breaks a mother's heart when the mother gives and gives and gives and their children go astray anyway, right? Amen? Some of you are suffering from that. Man, I'm not gonna, like it's a, it's a thing, but here's the thing. When they come back, it's a celebration. When they stop denying or they start denying what the world has to offer and come back to the truth of what they're supposed to be, there's celebrations going on all over the place. We had Noah, who got baptized in the first service. Man, we celebrated like crazy. They're celebrating in heaven, man. This is how it works, right? The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired man says he's not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep. 
leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. Oh, you're dead, you're sick, I'm out. Right? Oh, there's danger. Uh, see you later. Uh, I'll advertise or I'll help you buy something different later, right? The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he's a hired man and doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. I know my sheep and they know me as the father knows me. and I, I know the father. I lay down my life for the sheep, but I have other sheep. Listen to this that are not of this fold, I must bring them also. In other words, there are sheep that haven't heard my voice yet. That's why we go do, go do goofy stuff in the community so that they can hear his voice. That's why we go serve people, not so they'll think we're great people so that they'll know that there's a great God that they can, they can be a part of and give their lives to, something greater and bigger than themselves. Wow. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Then there will be one flock, one shepherd. And this is why the Father loves me, because I am laying down my life so that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay down on my own. People say, Jesus was murdered. No, he was not. He, was, he gave it so that we could have life and life to the full, so that we could have abundance and we could have eternal life and we could have riches and beauty that we're trying to gather by the stuff that we get here and now we could have it that's indescribably beautiful for all eternity and we're not here that long guys i'm 50 years old man i like to kick stretch and kick saturday night life folks but it feels like i just got out of high school a couple of months ago I'm serious. I get, it's a blur. I'm like, how did this happen that I'm that old? Some of you are like, yeah, you're a youngster. And some of you are like, dang, dude, you are ancient, right? Now, what do you mean, yeah? <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, but seriously, like it happens so quickly. We're not here that long, but there's a whole lot more on the other side of this life than there is on this one. And there's indescribable beauty. That, that's waiting and we can get prepared for that and start preparing for that now by showing showing God ultimately that we're his in every aspect of our lives and so when we're holding back by sharing our lives or serving the church or giving investing our resources guys man any part of it God says he wants it all so that we can have life and life to the to the full everybody got a crayon Everybody got a crayon, right? I want you to do something. In your bulletin, you've got a kind of a graph that sort of looks like, like this a little bit. But I want you to, to look at this, this here. When it says, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn to share my life. I'm going to learn to invest my resources. I'm going to learn to serve the church. I want you to rank yourself. Like, yep, you know what? I tithe and I give and I give sacrificially. I give to missions and things like that. That's awesome. That's wonderful. For some of us, it's not yet. For some of us, it's like, well, sometimes, eh, pretty much, but it's not really a whole life thing yet. Rank yourself where that is. Rank yourself where you share 
your life. Rank yourself where you serve the church. Well, you know, I really do share my life and open up the, my, my home and that kind of thing. I mean, I've been giving and tithing and awesome. That's great. That's fantastic. But man, I'm struggling to, to share, my, share myself with a, to show hospitality like we talked about in Romans 1. Well, I want to give you a quick illustration. If you are, say, I'm, 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 I'm pretty whole life in a couple of areas, but I ain't started one of these yet. I want you to rank yourself. Just draw that through that crayon, if you will. But I want to show you an illustration. Because remember what Jesus said. I have come to give life and life to the full. But when we pull away one part of our life, right? But I serve. God, but I share my life, God, but I, but I tithe, God, but I, but I, but I can't do it all, God. Well, man, that's a, that's a crazy look. And, and Jesus is like, man, if you will give it all to me, man, I want you to have life and life to the full. I want to give you everything that you got coming. I want to be able to pour more and more and more into you but you got to let it go for me to be able to do that. Wow. Those who are neat freaks just flipped out. You have made a mess, pal. We've done this three times. You had no idea. But think about this, amen. Rank yourself where you are. Where is your abundance that God wants? Because this is what Jesus said. It's not a prosperity gospel message. Don't hear that. This is really like how can we live in a whole life generosity where i'm investing in the kingdom the way god said to do this where i'm serving his bride his church and sharing my life and showing hospitality to others amen let me finish the mess the passage here and then we'll climb we'll uh we'll do our giving and we'll we'll be done but i lay it down my life on my own i have the right to lay it down and i have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my father. Again, a division took place among the Jews because of these words. I'm going to read a couple of things. And many of them were saying, he has a demon and he's crazy. Why do you listen to him? And others were saying, these aren't the words of someone demon-possessed. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Those last three verses just felt like I needed to share with that with you. Like this is the one who has all the power. When we talk about praying, when we talk about needing a miracle and, and asking God, we're no longer going to not expect him, right? But it's going to take us stepping into obedience in every part of our lives so the Holy Spirit can do his thing. Amen? I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. And this is a time, hopefully I won't squash any of these beads here. Did that help? Was that a helpful illustration? Yeah. Did that work? Did that cool? I mean, think about that, man. But, but, but I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I've heard people say, well, I'm, I'm tithing my time. It's not what the command is, right, in the scriptures. It's everything. Like, he wants it all. And so, Father, as we take this offering, man, here's the thing. We are not trying to just reach this 10% goal, God. It's, it's not about that. 
you took offerings from some and didn't take offerings from others, not because of what was offered, but because of the hearts. You chastised the religious people who were giving a tenth of their mint and their cumin and their dill, and they forgot the more important things of the heart. You stopped in the middle of some tremendous teaching. You gathered your disciples and you pointed to a little old poor widow who couldn't give hardly anything, but it was all she had to God. And you said, that's what I'm talking about. That's the heart. She trusts God with everything. God, may we be like that. And as we take this offering, may you not be pleased with the amount. May you not be pleased with the dollars but may you be pleased with the heart as we honor the moms that you gave us today. It's in your son's precious and holy name that we pray. Everybody in the house said, amen. Amen.